Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet, that's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and Game Sense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. This is your moment, your time to shine, your comeback. You're ready for the next step in your career, and you want an education employer's respect. So you're not just going back to school. You're coming back with Purdue Global. Backed by Purdue University, one of the nation's most respected public universities, Purdue Global is built for people who bring their life experience into the online classroom. Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products. Because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger. Fresh for everyone. From the Abraham Lincoln Radio Studio at the George Washington Broadcast Center. Jack Armstrong and Joe Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show. Welcome, friends. Unfortunately, my boy Jack has the Chinese bat fever and is feeling awful. That's right, Dr. Cardi. Uh, it's feeling terrible, but he's gotten some antiviral medication from his doctor, and we hope he gets well soon. Uh, it's not quite the headline it was, but this is still a miserable, miserable disease. Thank you, uh, Dr. Fauci. Thank you, Francis Collins. Thank you, Peter Daszak. Thank you, Communist China and the Wuhan Institute of Virology for this lovely virus that's killed millions. Anyway, moving on from that. Speaking of medical care, uh, please join me in welcoming to the show Craig Gottwalls, uh, a.k.a. the healthcare guru. You know what, Craig? I don't actually have your website and stuff in front of me. I forgot to grab it, so we'll get to that in a little bit. But how are you, my friend? I am well, my friend. And, you know, over here at our house, we've got candles going, and we're we're really solemn. And it's hashtag prayers for Jack. I hope he got the horse paste that I sent over to him. Nah, I think he's going with stand, more uh, conventional care, but I'd ask you how the bass are biting, but it's, it's so hot, it's like bass soup in the lakes, I'd imagine. When it gets cooler, though, we've got to uh, we've got to go fishing again. Yeah, absolutely. It was one of the best springs in the last 20 years in Northern California, so I expect fall will be similar, my friend. Excellent. Okay, enough fishing talk. Uh, you sent along a slideshow so I could get ready for this conversation, which I found very, very helpful and informative. I love the quote from Warren Buffett. Medical costs are the tapeworm of American economic competitiveness. Um, and it's shocking uh, some of the information you gave about the rise in health care costs over the last 20, 25 years. You want to fill us in on some of that? 
Yeah, it's just devastating, Joe. Um, you know, I, I, you, you guys have covered this story in, out of Stockton, California, with two shop workers, two convenience store workers that are that, that are watching a guy pilfer their store, and, and there's a there's a there's a, a guy commentating as he's filming, saying nothing you can do, nothing you can do. And meanwhile, this shoplifter is filling a garbage can with cigarettes and all kinds of stuff. Finally, the shopkeepers they grab the guy and they just start beating his lower body and his legs with a stick. And I think that's that's basically where American employers are right now. They're just they're just totally fed up with the pilfering that's been going on on their bottom lines and American workers, too. Um, as we look at it, just go ahead. Sorry, Jeff. Go ahead. Well, no, that's OK. I just I want to get to those. That's a great metaphor. I love that. Uh, you sent along the slide that in the year 2000, um, the uh, the cost of family coverage was about 20 percent of the typical workers annual salary. And now that 20 percent is 54 percent, which is yeah, an astounding been, rise. It's, it's just been it's something I, I've been in this in this industry, Joe, full time for 22 years now. And when I started 22 years ago, everybody was saying, this is unsustainable. This is unsustainable. How can we how can we do this? And of course, now we look at, you know, average pay has gone up from thirty two thousand to forty two thousand dollars for the average worker. But like you said, healthcare, the cost of family coverage has gone from sixty five hundred to twenty two thousand five hundred. So now it gobbles up fifty four percent of somebody's pay. One other stat just to keep the easy one to keep in mind. Premiums are up just since the year 2000, 300% family premiums, three times. Average worker pay, only up 100%. So it's just, it's the hidden tax that we're all paying, and it's a slow death. 7.5% increases year after year after year when we're only getting 1% to 2% on our pay. And, of course, it's it's just crushing workers and it's crushing businesses. And it's wildly out of proportion to other forms of inflation, too, correct? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I mean, there's nothing. Healthcare, the only thing that rivals healthcare, two other things, uh, your local electric company and your college tuition. Those are the only things that that keep up. Well, uh, go ahead and take the ball and run with it. What's the next step in understanding your stuff? What do you have for us? Many of us us felt that Obamacare was going to really be hard on the insurance companies. You know, many of us thought that, okay, you're putting all these restrictions in place. You're going to force all these extra people onto the plans without really good leverage to keep them on the plans without ne- without without necessarily getting a whole lot more money in premium. And um, I'll be the first to admit that is a topic on Obamacare about which I couldn't have been more wrong, Joe. <laughs> so if we just look back to 2009, when Obamacare was first, you know, written just right before Obama signed it, um, you had, you look at cost increases and stock increases since that time. So from 2009 to today, just to look at the S&P 500 as a benchmark, it's up 422%. That's the largest 500 companies in the U.S., right? Okay, got it. The average of the, average of the five largest insurance companies, medical insurers, are up 1,900% over that same time frame. So they were in on it the whole way. They they had the, the the game was rigged. They worked with the federal government, with hospitals, and with pharmaceutical industry to absolutely ensure that no matter what happened, they would remain profitable. They could keep the the, the very large increases, and that we, the taxpayer, would ultimately make them whole. We, the taxpayer, and we, the premium payer, for those of us that still get insurance at work. Mm-hmm. 
So just for people who aren't taking notes or driving or what have you, so the S&P uh, or the insurance, the average of the insurance carrier stock prices has more than quadrupled the rise of the S&P 500 as a whole, which is crazy. Now, those of us who believe in free markets are not shocked that when the government became involved in a ginormous part of the American economy, the rent seeking began, the lobbying began, and the big powerful companies ended up getting a huge disproportionate share of taxpayer money in a way that the free market would never have allowed. Would you agree? Totally agree. That's exactly what happened. There there have now been books written on this topic, and it, it just turns out that every single industry, whether you're looking at, you know, hospitals, insurers, brokers, even my industry, the pharmaceutical industry, every single one of us had a lobbying group in D.C. prior to 2009. We all, all of our lobbying groups worked with the federal government, worked with the Obama administration, and we as a, as a combined entity ensured that no matter what happened, we would be made whole and taken care of in this process. And that's exactly what's happened. And everybody's, everybody's getting filthy rich on, on the provision of health insurance while American businesses and, and, U, and U.S. workers are struggling now to pay the bill to the point where the average worker sees more than half of their pay go to premiums. What's America's number one lobby? Number one lobby, as reported by Axios, is health care. $700 million in 2021, the last reported stat I saw. One and, year, $700 yeah. million dollars in bribes, essentially. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And the the largest client of the healthcare industry is the federal government, primarily through Medicare and Medicaid. So see here's this is where you get the crazy the crazy hidden tax that we've talked about here before, and that's that politicians don't want to just start increasing taxes willy nilly because that's bad for reelection. So they keep Medicare and Medicaid on a, on a path where those reimbursements only typically go up about 1% per year, even though true medical inflation is roughly 4% per year. So then what happens is hospitals have to work with insurance companies to negotiate 7 or 8% renewal increases for employers to cover the fact that they're not making as much money as they would like to make from Medicare and Medicaid, the number one customer of the insurance industry. Right. So, okay. So the, the government is is under the government is underpaying. So private insurance has to way overpay for medical care. You know, I think I know the answer to this, but why do the private insurance companies put up with it? Is it because they can go ahead and gouge us for premiums, and we don't see any alternative to paying them? Oh, absolutely. Because because the more premium we pay, the, the more they make as well, obviously, right? The more the broker makes, the more the insurance company makes, the more the hospital makes. So what you really see happening in healthcare generally is hospitals will mark up the cost of a procedure. Um, and, and again, this is just hospitals, not doctors. The problem is not typically with your local doctor office. It's with facilities. So hospitals will say, um, we're going to pay 300% of what Medicare, what Medicare would pay for that shoulder surgery, as an example. And that is roughly 600% of our actual costs. And you say, well, Craig, how do you know their costs? Well, in order for them to receive money from the federal government through Medicare, they have to self-report their costs. So I know exactly what their real costs are, and I know what Medicare pays. That's all public information. So what happens is private employers are basically paying 
it works out to roughly $20 per employee per month you're paying for the privilege of a 50% discount on something that's been marked up 600%. I know that's a lot of numbers, but that's what's going on is you have this shell game. You have this, this obscured price tag that's hidden that says, Hey, the cost of that shoulder surgery is, is, um, you know, it's, we'll just say it's $200,000. And then, but you know, good news, good news. We're going to give you a 50% discount with your large insurance plan. You're only going to have to pay a hundred thousand dollars. But then when you get down to the, the nuts and bolts of it, the actual cost to provide that surgery is like twenty thousand dollars. Wow! So on a large the, scale in our health plans. Wow! Meanwhile, the government's paying a tiny fraction of that, like you know, way down, less than you know the hospital could stay in business probably on. Well, well, I want yeah, I want to be careful about that. So I okay. have a number of hospital clients, and I speak with these CFOs regularly. And pretty much across the board, every hospital chief financial officer will tell you, we can survive on Medicare. What Medicare? That's the one we pay for the old timers. I mean, we would have to tighten our bu- our budgets. We would have to run more efficiently. We would have to we would cut out some waste and abuse. But we can probably get by at Medicare. It's Medicaid, the one that we can't, because that, on average, across the country, pays about twenty percent less than Medicare. So now you're, you, you are getting into a position where you're like 15% under their real costs. So okay. it's Medicare that causes the problem. Medicare, excuse me, Medicaid. Medicare, most hospitals can get by at. Mm-hmm. So uh, yeah. do you have a little bit of time, Craig? Because I don't want to rush through this stuff. It's super interesting. When we come back, I want to talk about uh, the variation in prices for a procedure and, and where the money's going. And then absolutely, we want to talk about the alternative because there is a yeah. way to fight this stuff. Um, So if you can hang on for a little bit, uh, we'll take a break and be back with more. Stay with us. Armstrong and Getty. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet, that's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. Open a limited-time 11-month certificate at Kemba Financial Credit Union. At 5.25% APY, it's more than triple the national average, plus it's a safe and secure way to grow your money. Visit your local branch or kemba.org cd for details. Offer expires May 31st, 2024. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. $500 minimum and $250,000 maximum deposit. Advantage status required. Comparison based on bank rate average. Federally insured by NCUA. 
Are you still searching for your perfect place to call home? Well, now is the time to buy at Fisher Homes. If you're looking to move in before the end of 2024, May could be your last opportunity to start building your dream home and close before the year's end. If you're hoping to move in even sooner, Fisher Homes also has homes that are move-in ready and waiting for you, where you can start enjoying the benefits of homeownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with a new home advisor today at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home. The Armstrong and Getty Show. Glad you're here. Thanks for tuning in. We're talking to Craig Gottwalls, Craig, the healthcare guru, when he's not uh, crusading against government overreach and uh, bass fishing. I'm sure he'd help you with some bass fishing tips as well. He's um, trying to get to the bottom of how to reform insurance and healthcare and that sort of thing for his clients and, and for other people. Uh, Craig, thanks for hanging around. We appreciate it. Absolutely. Thank you, Joe. Bass fishing tip number one, slow down. He's always telling me, slow down. Don't do it so fast. Slow down. Let him come to it. Anyway. And, when, uh, and right, when, right when you get to the point where you think you cannot go any slower, slow it the hell down a little bit more. <laughs> All right. Beautiful. So uh, if you want to get in contact with Craig for uh, bass fishing tips or, or advice on health care and benefits and that sort of thing, all the information is going to be at armstrongandgetty.com. We'll make it easy to follow. Plus, uh, this discussion will be edited up into an Armstrong and Getty Extra Large podcast. Having said that, I'm looking at the map you sent of employer payments for a given medical uh, procedure as a percentage of Medicare. You poor chumps, we poor chumps with private insurance in California. California are paying 311%. In Texas, it's a mere 269%. 316% in, uh, in is that uh, Colorado, or Nebraska, rather. Um, it's 304% Washington State, on and on and on. Um, and then this, the slide you sent about the fair price for a CT scan, for instance, in the San Francisco Bay Area, Bay Area. can you explain that to us? Yeah, so you, you exactly nailed it, Joe. Across the country, we're, we're roughly, if we have, if we're in that 30% of people that are roughly paying for our own health care, there's only about 30% of us in that boat anymore, um, we, we pay three times what the federal government pays with Medicare. And remember, hospital CFOs will tell you, we can, we can make money on Medicare. Okay, so hospital CT scan. So this is just, I sent you a couple examples. I will just walk through one of them. This is a real hospital in the Bay Area. We won't name any names. Um, they bill an average of $3,500 for a CT scan. And they're the they cheapest one in the chart, but go ahead. <laughs> they're the cheapest on the chart. That's right. They self-report the cost of that $254, okay? Medicare applies its formula, so they, they do a little bit of markup on the cost typically, and the Medicare would pay $303 for that procedure. But the average national insurance company, of which there are four or five, depending on how you count them, would, would give you a 50% discount off of that pie-in-the-sky, fantasy, unicorn-riding, cotton-candy-eating build rate of 3500 so they would they would uh, reimburse 1700 for that 3400 or 3500 whatever you whatever you want to call it. So, you you know, you, you look at the bill, you think, wow, it's 3500 I'm going to pay $1,750. i am getting 50% off. That's awesome. Until you find out Medicare pays $303, and I tell you that facility operators tell you, yeah, we can make money on Medicare. 
Yeah, it's like your babysitter walks in and says, normally I charge 100 bucks an hour, but I'll let you go for 50 or whatever. And you're thinking, oh, a 50% discount. Not, boy, I'm a chump. And, and the important thing to realize, and I'm looking at the clock, I think next segment we will get to the solution because we barely have two minutes. But what people need to understand is that you're paying twice, three times, four, five, six times as much as a Medicare patient does, which still gives the medical provider a fair amount of profit. And that enormous difference that you're paying in premiums and everything, that is a tax. That is money from you going to pay for a government program. And I don't think people really comprehended that simply. Meanwhile, and if you're just tuning in, we mentioned this last segment, the insurance companies are making scads of money because they're in bed with the government on this scheme. And really the only loser is the private insurance consumer. Am I correct? You, you, Joe, you've got it better than any media person ever has. Wow. Wow. Gold star for me. Any, anyway, <laughs> so for Joe. <laughs> in, in 30 seconds, can you describe slash tease what we're going to talk about in the next segment? The, the cure well, to this really the reference-based pricing? Yeah, reference-based pricing, fair market pricing, value-based pricing. There's a lot of different names for it because it is so new and revolutionary. Um, in a nutshell, if you take the premise that they can make money on Medicare, what happens if we go ahead and just offer to pay 140% of Medicare, which is still half of what your employer plan pays? We can cut our costs darn near in half at that point, right? What happens if we do that? What, what kind of acceptance will we get in the, in the marketplace if we decide to pay 40% more than their largest customer, which is Medicare? Which is a fraction of what we've all been paying. Interesting. So more with Craig, the healthcare guru, after a quick break, and then uh, got some good stuff uh, to, to move on to this hour. I hope you can stick around. If you can't, again, grab the podcast, uh, Armstrong and Getty On Demand or Extra Large, wherever you like to get podcasts. Armstrong and Getty. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet. That's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. Open a limited-time 11-month certificate at Kemba Financial Credit Union. At 5.25% APY, it's more than triple the national average, plus it's a safe and secure way to grow your money. Visit your local branch or kemba.org slash cb for details. Offer expires May 31st, 2024. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. $500 minimum and $250,000 maximum deposit. Advantage status required. Comparison based on bank rate average. Federally insured by NCUA. 
Are you still searching for your perfect place to call home? Well, now is the time to buy at Fisher Homes. If you're looking to move in before the end of 2024, May could be your last opportunity to start building your dream home and close before the year's end. If you're hoping to move in even sooner, Fisher Homes also has homes that are move-in ready and waiting for you, where you can start enjoying the benefits of homeownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with a new home advisor today at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home. The Armstrong and Getty Show. This is not terribly complicated and it's shocking to me that i haven't heard this from other places maybe i've just missed it we're talking to craig the healthcare guru craig gotwall's longtime friend of the armstrong and getty show in a brief recap your health insurance costs have gone have skyrocketed compared to the rate of inflation your insurance premiums have skyrocketed Since Obamacare passed, all those costs to people with private insurance through their employer, whatever, have gone sky high compared to inflation. Meanwhile, the profits of the insurance carriers have been quadrupled the rise of the S&P 500. They're making unimaginable amounts of money off of you as you subsidize Medicare and Medicaid. It's a hidden tax. You're paying hundreds or thousands of dollars a year to pay for those government programs, but it's not a tax. It's your insurance premiums because your insurance company pays sky high prices to the hospitals to cover, you know, the, the, the government programs to make sure everybody makes plenty of profit and nobody's talking about this. Did I get anything wrong in that description, Craig? No, you, you do so good at that, Joe. I would just the only nuance I would add is that is that it's not just because of government underfunding, which we know it certainly is with respect to mm-hmm. Medicaid for sure, but it's also because, hey, what do what does private industry likes to do? It likes to maximize profit. So pharmaceutical companies, hospitals, insurers, and brokers are all maximizing profit on this hidden tax that's obfuscated by the by the fact that Typically, people don't see the prices they pay for healthcare. They don't know. They just know their their paycheck isn't what it should be. And so, one of the things that's made this more possible in the last few years, Joe, is and you and I and Jack did a podcast about this probably four years ago now, where Trump put in some transparency rules, and then thankfully, when Biden came into office, he kept them. So there's and I I think I told you way back then I said this is going to be a landslide. This is going to change healthcare forever. And now mm-hmm. we're finally starting to see it. That's what's going oh. on. These employers are taking that wooden bat like those gents in the in the convenience store in Stockton, and they are starting to whack away at this system that's been pillaging them for so long. Okay, and there's, there's one more nuance I wanted to get to. It flitted out of my mind. Uh, dang it, about the whole... Oh, it doesn't matter. So... Um, so because of that transparency that uh, Donald J. Trump, uh, God rest him, or God bless him, he's not dead. Um, <laughs> because of that transparency now, that's given a tool. Oh, you know what I was going to say was, um, so you've got all that profit being made, maximizing the profit in the insurance companies, the hospitals, whatever. I'm pro-profit, and I know you are too. We're pro the free sure. market. But this Absolutely. the last thing this is, is the pre- free market. It's a combination of monopolies, and then the government 
so heavily involved, the companies have to beg and lobby the government, and they're all in on it together. It's a government health care complex. Because, yes. and, and I'll tell you what made, this, what made Obamacare so bad, Joe. Prior to Obamacare, Democrats generally wouldn't take money from the pharmaceutical industry and from big insurers. That was kind of a, not, a, a thing Democrats wouldn't do. Well, Obama changed all that because Obama realized that to get this legislation passed, he was going to have to take that money from those players. And so once those floodgates opened, once you had, okay, now Republicans and Democrats can dip their hands into the largest industry in America and just take as much as they want from lobbyists, then you you had the complete proliferation of all of this, um, I would say, corruption influencing uh, any any regulation or laws we might have had. Okay, so let's get back to the transparency that Trump introduced and Biden continued. Now you know the the hospital self-reported costs and and stuff. So how has that been uh, helpful? How has that been a tool? Well, so what has happened is, and here's the free market. There are entities called reference-based repricers that have popped up. And what they're doing is they're, they're aggregating that data and they're saying, okay, we know at Hospital X a rotator cuff surgery is is uh, um, actually costs, we'll say, $15,000, and Medicare would pay $20,000 for it, but their typical insurance company is giving them 60000 for it, right? So they're saying, okay, don't pay an insurance company, pay us. What we'll do is we will reprice that claim, we will pay the claim for you, and, w- and we'll negotiate with the provider if you get pushback. And so we're reference-based repricing these claims. We're just cutting out insurers altogether. Because we're saying, nope, the employer is going to self-insure this plan, and we're going to pay at 140% of Medicare instead of 310% of Medicare. So the hospital is not, it's it's, they're not making that same crazy profit, but they're making profit. Um, You say it's working. Uh, To what extent are hospitals saying, okay, we'll do that for that price? Yeah, so um, depending on what part of the country you're in, you get, we, we would say is, 1% 1% to 10% pushback. And when I say pushback, I mean the hospital says, hey, no, 140% of Medicare is not enough. We need more. You're, we want more. Then we get involved in negotiation. Once we get involved in negotiation, it's 99% acceptance. And the worst case scenario for the employer is they capitulate and they pay what the giant insurance company would have paid anyway. You see, But so that you're, almost you're never happens. <laughs> Well, very rarely, yeah. That you're talking about a handful of claims per year for hundreds of employees, yeah. Because, because wow. you're, ultimately, what you're doing is you're saying, "Hey, hospital, I'm going to pay you forty percent more than your largest customer." And if the hospital really wanted to dig in their heels and say, "Sue the member, sue the the, the plan or the employee for not paying more," ultimately, you're going to end up in a court of law, and the CFO at the hospital is going to have to testify that somebody offering to pay 40% more than their largest customer is an unreasonable price and they can't do it. And and even then we we negotiate up to 300% anyway. So they would have to argue that three times what Medicare pays is unreasonable and they can't. There's been one case that went to the merits Supreme court of Colorado and the hospital lost. So now you've got floodgates. We've got, like I said, instead of four or five national carriers, we've got 10 different repricers that have popped up. And this is the wild west, Joe. It is absolutely crazy what I see going on. But in a good way. In a wonderful way. This is Now, this is the free market. You've got these repricers that have popped up. You've got employers who are early adopters grabbing that stick and willing to whack at the person that's been pilfering them. And we're, we're cutting employer claim costs in half. 
And then once you bake in all the other costs we have to have for reinsurance and repricers, employers who do this are saving 25 to 35% year one every time, and they're not losing access to any providers. The message to employees is, hey, if you guys insist upon going to the top 5 or 10% of providers in your zip code, you're going to probably have to pay more. But for 90% of you, you're going to see no change to your plan at all, other than we're going to charge you a heck of a lot less for it. Well, and that's about the average working man and woman. I mean, that's that's where you bring it home because, you know, and people who understand basic economics get this. If my employer has to pay through the nose for my health insurance, it's great that they're doing it, but that comes out of my potential salary. It all comes out of my pocket. The part I pay comes out of my pocket, and the part my employer pays comes out of my pocket because there's a certain amount you are worth to your employer, and instead of it going to you, it's going to some insurance company. Would you agree? Totally. It's just total compensation. Your compensation yeah. is X. And the problem is right now, 50-something percent of that's going to health care when, when just 20 years ago, it was 30 percent of it. So as a small business person, I, I'm just, I want to make sure this is clear to me. This is this reference-based pricing or whatever you want to call it. It's mostly helpful to companies yeah. that are big enough to like self-insure, pay their own claims. Yeah. So, so yeah. people ask me for a headcount. I say a general, like 250 plus employees, we can probably do this depending on where you are. And it's, and now some companies are smaller than that. They're already self-insured. You can do it right now, but you, you roughly need two to 300 employees to get enough, to get enough volume to be predictable, to get stop loss, et cetera. So it's, it's, this is yeah. not a solution for, you know, a sub 100 company. Yeah. Okay. Fair enough. Um, since I'm not in this business and, and certainly don't make any money talking about this, is there any way you could see using these same forces to help out, you know, employees of small companies, self-employed folks down the road? Yeah, because what's happening is, and again, we're so on the front end of this. Um, just a year ago, less than two percent of companies were doing this. Now it's three percent of companies, and people like me are out there hitting it hard and, and I'm mm -hmm. busier than I can stand Joe because it's, it's, it's growing so fast. But what's happening is we're negotiating real prices. We're putting transparency on it. And ultimately we're going to be developing new provider networks that will work for 140% of Medicare so that that small company can just do a direct contract with the two hospitals in their neighborhood at 140% of Medicare instead of 310% of Medicare. So this will trickle down eventually because we're shining a spotlight on the problem we've had for 50 years in healthcare, and that's that we, don't, we never knew what the prices were. I've known Craig for many, many years, and you get so excited when you get a chance to stop the government screwing people. Well, and, and certain private companies that are in bed with the government, it, it's kind of fun to watch. Uh, that's one of the reasons we're, we're old friends. Uh, Craig, thank you so much for the time. We appreciate the thoughts and, and the, uh, the expertise. Thank you, appreciate it, Joe. Can't wait to see you again. All right. Thanks, buddy. All right. Yeah, we'll talk soon. Uh, so if, if you want to ask questions or whatever, uh, Craig's contact information is at armstrongandgetty.com. Uh, it's amazing to see the way the common person gets screwed when powerful corporations can lobby a powerful government to give them an unfair slice of the pie. Central, uh, you know, the Marxists and, and socialists and all, they're telling you that they're going to look out for the common person. That's, you know, what they're, that's why they get up in the morning. There has never been such an enormous lie. 
when you endow the government with the power to control the flow of money in and out, who gets what, when, how much, are those like some sort of angels descended on descended from heaven, some sort of paragons of humanhood? I think that's not a word. Uh, anyway, uh, uh, paragons of humanity that are going to inhabit those government posts, or do you suppose it's going to be humans just like me and you? With all of our flaws and foibles and sometimes dishonesty and the greed and the rest of it. Yeah, I'm guessing it's going to be people like people who are in those enormously centralized, powerful government posts. Anyway, I love the free market when it works. Uh, on to other stuff. Let me see what we got that's uh, kind of fun and lighthearted. Um, yeah, I'll f- figure something out. Hang out uh, if you can. Uh, we'll be back with more. Armstrong and Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show. This is the sort of thing I'd have to ask my wife about. Exactly when it was, we were taking a walk with some good friends of ours who uh, lived in, retired to um, uh, Montana. And... We were taking a walk, and there was uh, a racket across this little river we were next to. And, uh, and and our friend said, that's where I play pickleball. And I said, what the hell is pickleball? And I think it was about five years ago. Maybe might have even been more recent than that. Thank you, Gladys. Um, from 2021 through 2022, according to CNBC... The number of people reporting engaging in pickleball, that's a funny way to put it, um, <laughs> grew from 5 million to 36 million. Now, that seems a little odd to me, but the point is there are now 36, 37 million people playing pickleball now and again across America. Uh, tennis is more like 23 million. Pickleball has exploded, and tennis players are a little frustrated because pickleball is taking up uh, uh the court space anyway it's uh it's it's a game with uh, like racquetball looking rackets if you're not familiar with it the ball is plastic it looks like kind of a wiffle ball and it's semi bouncy it bounces much less than a tennis ball and much more than a rock kind of midway between um and it's played on kind of small courts and you can play singles or doubles it's not as much running as tennis so it's more popular among Older folks, uh, you know, from middle age to retiree and that sort of thing. Uh, I have a joke with the my physical therapist. I'm doing some stuff, but uh, I won't bore you. Um, that it's it's pickleball is actually injury ball because you know, as he said the other day, we were joking about it. You got people who haven't run backwards since they were ten years old. And then now that they're sixty, they decide they can run backward playing pickleball, and sure enough, something goes snap or sproing or or snap or or whatever. Um, and so, uh, but anyway, it's 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 hugely popular. I haven't played for various reasons, but my wife's really big into it. Uh, this is a sh- how how should I set this up? Should I give away the punchline, Michael, or just play it? Uh, let's just play it. Then you can explain okay. afterwards. All right, fire away. 
I'm a pickleball instructor. To be honest with you, I have no idea why this sport exploded. These people have no idea how much of a scam this is. This isn't even a real sport. It was invented for the elderly to improve their blood circulation. Now every 30-something with no stamina and bad knees is hitting me up to learn how to play. These people are too unathletic for tennis and too poor for golf. This is their only option. I'm hopping on this trend now, because God knows it's not going to be around long, okay? In two years from now, everyone's going to be obsessed with badminton. <laughs> oh, that you know, that's mildly amusing, but it's completely wrong. You know, it, what it was invented for is immaterial. It's it's crazy fun for people. They enjoy it, and, and husbands and wives can play together if they get along. Um, and all it takes is a reasonably uh, inexpensive racket, a ball, and some decent court shoes. So I think it's fantastic. And while I appreciate his youthful cynicism, uh, every damn study that comes out, and we would share some of them here on the A&G Show, says, hey, uh, little exercise is way better than none. It'll save you from the grave. So, yeah, getting all sweated up and breathing hard, playing pickleball, good for y'all. Find whatever you enjoy. Man, that makes exercise so much easier when, when you're doing something you like. And or, you know, you're listening to something you enjoy. Hello. Or, uh, or, or watching or what have you. So, so good for y'all, you pick a ballers. We got a couple minutes, right, Michael? Yeah, okay, cool. Uh, came across this. Um, I love this, this open from Con Carroll in the Washington Examiner. Uh, what would it like, look like if a major publication decided to produce a feature on masculinity, but then assigned all the articles to women? Well, it would look a lot like Politico, Politico's The Masculinity Issue, which did exactly that. They had a masculinity issue, all of the articles written by women. Ladies, can you imagine if there was a, a womanhood uh, article and it was dudes writing it? How stupid and insulting would that be to womanhood, to women? Tell you what, that, that the media makes me insane. Anyway, uh, Politico's aversion to asking men to write about masculinity aside, one theme throughout the feature was that, in Cara, Caitlin Fawcett's words, over the last few decades, quote, women are voting for Democrats more and men are usually sticking with Republicans. And if you look at the top line number, that appears to be true. In 2022 House races, men nationally favored the GOP by 14 points, while Democrats leaned, I'm sorry, well, women leaned Democrat by eight points. But drill a little deeper, the picture becomes a bit more complicated. Add marital status to the mix, and the GOP advantage among married men shoots up to 20% and shrinks among unmarried men to just 7%. Okay, that's fine. But what most people didn't know, according to everyone who works at Politico, apparently, is that among married women, Republicans have a 14-point advantage. So it's not men versus women, 14-point advantage for Republicans among married women. But if Republicans are winning married men by 20 points, married women by 14%, and unmarried uh, men by 7 points, who's keeping the Democrats competitive? Well, the answer's obvious. Single women are single-handedly saving the Democratic Party. Single women pulled the lever for Democrats by a 37-point margin. How amazing is that? This is why when President uh, uh, Barack Obama ran for re-election, his agenda was promoted through that slideshow that followed the life of Julia, documenting how Democratic programs protect and provide for her throughout her life without a father or husband ever in the picture. Joe Biden followed suit with his own Linda slideshow, depicting again how Democratic programs protect and provide for women throughout their lives without a father or husband ever in sight. And the message for the Democratic Party, for me, oh, I'm sorry, from the Democratic Party for men is clear. You are at best worthless. 
Democratic Party programs have empowered women to procreate without you entirely. In fact, most likely, you're a hashtag MeToo pervert who needs to be punished without due process by a college inquisition board. If you want, you can be a silent ally for women's causes, but please don't ever talk. We've had enough from the patriarchy already. No men, no wonder men and women who want to be married to men are fleeing the Democratic Party in droves. That's such great analysis. Wow. More to come next hour. Grab the Armstrong and Getty On Demand podcast later if you can't stick around. Armstrong and Getty. Open a limited-time 11-month certificate at Kemba Financial Credit Union. At 5.25% APY, it's more than triple the national average, plus it's a safe and secure way to grow your money. Visit your local branch or kemba.org slash cb for details. Offer expires May 31st, 2024. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. $500 minimum and $250,000 maximum deposit. Advantage status required. Comparison based on bank rate average. Federally insured by NCUA. It's time for today's Lucky Land Horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say, your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Are you still searching for your perfect place to call home? Well, now is the time to buy at Fisher Homes. If you're looking to move in before the end of 2024, May could be your last opportunity to start building your dream home and close before the year's end. If you're hoping to move in even sooner, Fisher Homes also has homes that are move-in ready and waiting for you, where you can start enjoying the benefits of homeownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with a new home advisor today at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home.